When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk to nicely. Darkness is covering me on all sides. Dangling by only a few cords in the depths of the earth. I know that it's likely even if I scream, no one above will ever hear me. I'm going to die down here. If this cave doesn't kill me, the nightmares that lurk in the shadows will. I hear them moving about the cave walls, scrambling to find me with smell and sound. I feel a jerk of my bungee cord and plummet toward the unknown. Ten hours earlier, my name is Arthur Warren, and I am a cave rescuer. What that means is when teams of ropers find themselves stuck underground, I'm the one that is supposed to get them out. I don't get many missions these days, but when I do, they come from my wife's sister, Marjorie. She works for a secret government-backed company that explores the underground and the guise of an oil company. The message she sent me was short but foreboding. Collapse at Ulther Caverns. Bring the team ASAP. The site in question was in fact a man-made borehole deep in the Colorado mountains, away from prying eyes. Besides myself, I trust only four other individuals to be able to do this job, and all of them have years of experience. Matt, Jonah, Harley, and Brett are about the best cave divers you can get trapped with. As our helicopter landed on the edge of the cliff base, Marjorie was the one to fill us in on what was going on. We've been drilling this site for the past few years to retrieve fossil fuels because it's one of the hollowest points this side of the Grand Canyon. We were about to reach the next depth marker when the collapse occurred. A rock slide from the western trench of the expanse has buried our team in this pocket of caves here, she said, showing us the wide map. What is this? Brett asked, pointing towards some of the man-made facilities on the upper levels. During our time here, we have managed to set up several freight elevators that can take us deep into the Earth's mantle. In fact, some of them even run down past the depth of our team, straight to the subterranean lava lakes. Marjorie paused and cleared her throat, <coughs> clearly trying to find the right words for what she had to say next. Ordinarily, we only send highly equipped robotic drones to that level for scoping and radar, but we believe there may be a way there to follow these tunnels back up to the level where our miners are currently trapped. So you want us to go down, to get out? Matt asked. We're going to try to push through on both sides, one team handling down the main pit here, and then a second team will gradually bring drill equipment to the other side of the rock slide, here, my sister-in-law explained. As my men began to converse among themselves, she gestured for me to come speak with her privately, and we stepped into a different part of the tent. Samuel is down there, she whispered her husband's name. What in blazes was he thinking? I asked. We've never really worried too much about structural problems before this, but a recent discovery changed the entire trajectory of this mission, she explained. What do you mean? 
She glanced toward my team and added, this has to stay between us for now. I pulled her a little further away and muttered, I can't make promises if my team will be in danger. What exactly did you find down there? Difficult to say for sure, but during the last scouting, Sam said that there were some readings that didn't match up with her previous scans, she explained. New pockets of the cavern? I asked. She shook her head, walking over to a briefcase and taking out a small laptop, showing me an image of the caves down below. This scan was taken three days ago by radar, she said. Then she pulled up another image and it looked entirely different. This one was made only yesterday. I found myself immediately confused. Are you trying to tell me that the cave changed? That's not possible. Sam and the others were heading down there to find out why there was a discrepancy. We tried to do another geological reading after this, but we kept getting interference from something below. Caves don't just reshape themselves, Marjorie. There has to be a mistake here, I told her. And I hope that your mission will give us an answer. While your team traverses down, I will be drilling down directly to the center of the anomaly. This way we have our bases covered in case one of us is to fail. 2200 hours. The freight elevator looked old, worn out from overuse, and didn't really instill confidence in any of us. The unease in my team only increased when Marjorie's supervisor insisted that armed men go down with us. Are you expecting the rocks to attack? Jonah teased. But the soldiers were stoically silent. It made us all feel as though they were hiding something. Slowly, we descended into the pit. Hundreds of meters flashing by in mere seconds as the world above became just a distant memory. All of us were wondering how deep we would go before finally reaching our destination. I have been in many subterranean areas in my job and it never gets easy to face the unknown. Halfway down, the elevator slammed to a stop and all of us fell on the floor as the power shut off. Whoa, is everyone okay? Brett shouted. His voice echoed in the darkness. The radio on my belt crackled to life. Arthur, Arthur, this is Marjorie. We seem to have a new problem. The rock's light has shifted again and power is cut off in your sector. You'll have to traverse the remainder of the pit by rope. All the soldiers activated the flashers on their helmets as we searched for the emergency exit and climbed to the roof of the elevator. Out in the emptiness of the pit, only further darkness greeted us. How much further down do you suppose we have to go? Matt asked. His own headlamp hardly even illuminated a few feet below. Probably another good two miles, one soldier admitted as we began to set up a pulley system on the roof of the elevator. All of us would start descending one by one from this point, cautiously testing our weight on the rope as we lowered our bodies toward the unknown. Before we dropped, I double-checked the protective gear we had on. As we went lower, temperatures in the pit would increase and oxygen would become limited. Every second mattered and we couldn't afford mistakes. Already we had been down here for nearly half a day. As we finished our checks, I heard a strange groaning noise somewhere in the cavern. All of us switched on our headlamps, quickly scanning the rock walls. Must have been just the release of trapped air, Brett said. All of us knew better, but we didn't argue. The journey below was going to be perilous enough and we couldn't afford tension to get the better of us. Soon we were moving down the chasm, the dim light from our headlamps the only thing to keep us from bumping into one another as we went. Every few moments, we would hear the strange groaning. It sounded like breathing. And then there were noises that reminded me of the clatter of hooks. There was something here. All of us could feel its unseen eyes on us. Suddenly the cable began to sway and shake. Something above was causing us to become unstable. Matthew, what do you see? I shouted. 
The groaning noise became louder and louder as the rope buckled and I held on for dear life. If something severed the connection above, it would be a long drop to certain death. Matthew's screams echoed from above as I heard what sounded like his bones breaking. I tried to get a good look, but he was too far above me. Then a second later, silence filled the pit and all of us became as stiff as boards. We could hear whatever had just killed our friend moving along the cave walls. It made this strange rattling noise as though searching for us by sound alone. The sound suddenly stopped. I held my breath. I was sure that it was right there on the wall beside me. I saw a gleaming patch of yellow eyes. Matthew's bungee broke and his body tumbled on top of me. I lost my helmet and watched as both he and my equipment spiraled to the pit below. In those few short seconds of light, I also caught a glimpse of the strange creatures. They resembled scorpions made entirely of the stone-faced walls, but with two stingers instead of just one. Thankfully, the darkness kept me safe for a few moments longer. Then the cables gave way again and all of us fell in unison. Oh, 100 hours. We have made it to the bottom of the borehole. We are approximately 1,640 kilometers below the surface. The fall from the elevator should have killed us, but somehow we managed to survive by the grace of God. Our supplies are even more limited due to the collapse. Everything is scattered about in the cave tunnels. We have no time to recover them. Instead, we must begin the ascent to the facilities above where the miners are trapped. Our only chance at making it out alive now rests in the secondary drilling team. After saying a few short words for Matthew, I lead the group toward one of the meandering tunnels. They are just large enough to crawl in. They are so hot. This deep, we are on the edge of the liquid core of our planet and every move we make draws us closer. The heat is making us tense and delirious, along with the continuous strange noises from the creatures that dwell here. We reach a larger pocket of caves and get the chance to stand. I spot some of the drones that were once used to survey these mines and feel dread overwhelm me again. The equipment has been dismantled and torn apart by something large, even bigger than the rock scorpions we have already encountered. The deep indentations in the ground warn me that the creature or creatures are taking the same path we are. We should reroute, Jonah suggested. I agree. We ended up choosing a lower tunnel, one that risks us getting closer to the core. We must move from one nightmare to the next, straight toward the mouth of hell. We found a city at the bottom of the world, nestled against the liquid lava of the outer core. It was clearly designed at one time to be hospitable for life, but not for humans. 10 hours prior, we descended to rescue a team of miners in a pocket of the cave that collapsed. Since then, we have gone much further down, trying desperately to outmaneuver gigantic creatures that call these tunnels home. Our sense of direction is gone, and for the past few hours, I am certain that even our leader doesn't know for sure where we were headed. I didn't want to voice my concerns, but it did seem like the cave itself was alive, ever so subtly changing shape and direction. But I told myself it was just my mind, trying to grasp at the strangeness of this hellscape. Now that we have found what look like ancient tombs, I have found myself questioning sanity again. No human could ever live this far down into the earth. So what civilization called this subterranean palace home? Inside the first foyer, the heat dissipates and a cool air covers our team. Arthur tells us to take a few breaths and I use the time to examine the material this building is made of. Describing the structure as being like a city felt wrong though, because the further we went, the more bizarre the shape it took. It ran in every direction through the caverns, including steps and passages that felt impossible. 
zigzagging across the walls and ceilings as though it had once been home to thousands of people, maybe even millions. I was sure I was seeing things, but it wasn't long before my teammates voiced their concerns as well. This is insane, Arthur. No way any of this can be built in the last millennia. I can't even get a reading on any of the materials, Jonas said. We need to worry about the mission and nothing else. Let Marjorie's people handle the intellectual stuff, he insisted. He was smart to not focus on it for too long. I feared if I let my mind wander to what kind of creatures had made these structures, I would likely go insane. 0500 hours. We came to a halt at a massive chasm that stretches beyond the outer core into what appeared to be a bottomless hole. All of us could see signs of strange life teeming below in the lava. Worm-like creatures that slithered and shook violently the moment we invaded their space. How long had it been since humans had been here? If ever. Arthur kept us focused on the task at hand. From here, we are expected to scale up. The facilities that the government are using are about a quarter mile above us. If we hadn't lost our equipment in the earlier fall, it would be an easy climb. But right now, it's looking like we will have to do it the old-fashioned way. All of us knew what he meant. Without a failsafe to keep us in place, the climb against the pit wall would be extraordinarily perilous. He was asking us to risk our lives. But then again, all of us knew what we were signing up for the moment we started this job. Strange hell beasts and impossible mazes weren't exactly part of the plan, but I knew we had faced nightmarish caves almost as bad before. How much oxygen do you think they have left up there? Rudd asked. He was the voice of reason. Already we had exhausted half of our own supply and we had lost communication. We had no way of being sure that Marjorie or her team would be coming. We could find ourselves trapped as well. It's possible that they may have already ran out, but we can't simply turn around. This is our only way back to the surface, Arthur reminded us. Odds are against us, I admitted, as we checked our own equipment again. As though to echo that feeling, we heard a weird breathing noise from the structure behind us. The soldiers that were still alive quickly aimed their rifles toward the opening and all of us froze to wait and see what would crawl out. Then Jonah emerged from the darkness. Whoa, you guys are looking tense. Everything okay? He asked when he saw their weapons. What in blazes are you doing? Where did you go? Arthur asked. I hadn't even noticed he had left, I thought. Sorry, sir. I got a little sidetracked, but it may have been for our benefit. I found something I think you'll want to see. Jonah led us back into the nameless city, guiding us through the dense fog the way anyone familiar with it would. It astonished me he had managed to memorize all of this so quickly. Then we entered a grand opening in the cave wall and found ourselves standing in what looked like a room full of mirrors. It stretched toward the upper mantle of the cave for miles. I think it's some kind of transport, Jonah explained, pointing toward a nearby control panel. Somehow, the power was operational. Not in a language we understood though, it would be risky to use this, Arthur commented. Jonah only laughed. You can't seriously think we have the manpower to make it up that cliff. This pit is nearly at the very core of the earth. It's a wonder we are even alive. This transport is the only thing that's gonna get us where we need to go. None of us dared to join in his rebuttal, even if we were sure he was right. For a few moments, you couldn't hear a pin drop in the room. Then Arthur gave the orders. Harley, check the perimeter, and then we can see if this thing can haul us up. I saluted and grabbed my own equipment, moving toward the eastern corridor for a sweep of the tunnels. I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for, but the commander was rarely wrong when he gave us these instructions. Something about all of this was off. He must sense it, I realized. 
A moment later, I saw what that was. There was a body, or what was left of it, in the next corner of the hallway. It looked like it was drained of energy, color, and life. All that was left now was just a hollow shell. I reached for it to get a closer look when I heard a sharp noise from the mirror room. Running back inside, I saw that the room had already activated on its own, and two more of the soldiers were now completely vaporized. What happened? I asked as the door sealed. We were moving at a rapid pace toward the upper caverns. This technology appears to be harvested from life force to traverse space itself. I checked the geological readings in this area before coming here. There is no way this elevator should even be working, Brett commented. In other words, we are moving in between dimensions at the moment, Jonas said with a nod. It killed them, I said, focusing on what little remained of the soldiers. This tech must connect to a point in the facility above, meaning the team there may be aware that we are on our way, Arthur realized. Do you suppose they might have triggered similar tech in the cave above? I guessed. I recalled my misgivings about the structure, the way the cave had been alive. If this really was alien in nature, it all suddenly made perfect sense. Every movement it made was the way an organism protected itself. We can't speculate until we arrive, Arthur said as he gathered the weapons. Besides the three of us, only one soldier still remained, and all of us were gravely aware it was possible we were walking into another trap. 0800 hours. The shimmering mirrors finally darkened and the transport shook, telling us that we had arrived. Arthur passed a rifle to me and told me to be ready for whatever might be on the other side. I wasn't. The doors opened into a rudimentary passage of stones. The cave was damp, cramped, and quiet, not nearly as alien as I had expected. The passage narrowed, and I kept the weapon near my side as Arthur stayed in the middle while Brett and Jonah protected our rear. Light was difficult in the dense space, but we made do for the next few meters until we ran into a massive sheet of metal. This must be the facility that Marjorie said they were using as a base, Arthur commented. We moved to the east to find an entrance, the cavern widening as we followed strange formations on the rock. A closer look told me they couldn't possibly all be rocks. There were fingers emerging from the cave wall. In some places, it looked like the cave had swallowed them whole. Then as we turned a corner, I think all of us gasped at once. There in the rock face was what was left of Marjorie's husband, Samuel. Half of his body somehow melded with the rocks as we got closer and I checked for vitals. Somehow, he was still alive. The moment I pricked his fingers, Sam's eyes opened frantically and he gasped for breath. Calm down, man, it's Arthur. Arthur Warren, Marjorie sent us down here. You, you came to rescue us. Sam's eyes were filled with tears. Then he said something I didn't expect. Why, why did you come? You, you should have left us to die. Marjorie wouldn't want that. Arthur said firmly. Don't you understand? Sam asked as he looked toward his melded body. This is hell. Marjorie is dead and we are all about to be dead. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you sometimes feel like you need to get something off your chest? Everyone, including myself, carries around stress and sometimes it builds up until it feels like you might burst. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Therapy is a safe space to talk through what's on your mind and figure out how to move forward. With BetterHelp, you can finally get things off your chest and start working through what's weighing you down. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed for convenience and flexibility to make it easy to fit your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and start your sessions. If your therapist isn't a perfect fit, 
you can easily switch at no additional charge. So why not give it a try? Therapy offers broad benefits from reducing stress to gaining new insights. Take that step with BetterHelp and feel the relief. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DNS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-N-S. When we first broke through the mantle into the deeper pockets of tunnels, it felt like we were on the cusp of greatness. That excitement soon turned to dread. The farther we went into this unknown pocket of earth, the more unusual our surroundings became. My team was not prepared for the nightmares of the caves. Less than six hours after breaking into the next pocket of tunnels, we were trapped. But it wasn't an accident that placed us here. I'm the one responsible for causing the collapse. I only wish those above hadn't tried to rescue us. 13 hours later, I watched as the massive drills poured through the ground, my wife trying to rescue me. I wished so much that I had the chance to contact them, warn them to stay away. Had they learned nothing from the past 48 hours? I shouted trying to get her attention as the drill went deeper, but I knew from where I was in the cave, it would be like yelling across a football field. Soon I started to see dark liquid slime pour up from in between the cracks. It wasn't oil. It was moving and forming into strange worms. How deep is it to the next pocket? My chief engineer achily shouted over the machinery, but I wasn't listening. I was watching the slime ooze out and ordered my team to back away. The cave reacted the way any living organism would to protect itself. It started to shake and reform swallowing my soldiers up as Marjorie's drill kept coming toward us. She just kept drilling. Even from my angle, I could see that she had this look of determination in her eyes. And then I realized her plan. She knew that she wasn't going to survive at this rate. I held my breath as she pressed on the equipment and then closed her eyes. I knew it was coming, but the detonation was deafening. A few of the soldiers were thrown back by the impact, but it was the ones nearest to the blast that faced real horror. From the impact site, I saw what looked like more of the strange slime emerging, scrambling for anything to consume. It was screaming, the way a vicious bird of prey might when scooping up a victim. The second detonation drowned out the shrieks of the creature as the equipment fell into the hole. I saw Marjorie's crane fall headfirst into the pit. My wife was dead, and my team fell into the pit right after her. Then the wall of rock consumed me. Hours passed by, Silence and darkness were my only companions. I could feel my body, but I was trapped. Every part of me melded with the stones as I felt pain throbbing through me. I wanted so badly to die, but unfortunately, I had to endure more. Four hours later, soon the other rescue team arrived. Arthur Warren told me that everything was going to be okay. His eyes told me he was lying. He had seen the nightmares this hell offered. I said to Arthur, you need to leave before they hurt you before their madness comes with thoughts of revenge. They think you are responsible for all of this. I've already lost my wife, Arthur. I don't want to lose you as well. As soon as I gave the warning, I heard the engineers enter the room. The slime had infected their bodies, turning them into mindless drones for the strange alien life forms that called this cave a home. Akeley shouted orders, telling everyone to stay in the caves. Jonah, what is the meaning of this? Brett asked. Jonah is dead. You saw his shell down below. I am the next evolution, the man said, kicking his former friend to the ground. 
I could see the black slime swirling behind his eyes, easily controlling the new life form and using the human body to move and think. I knew it had only one more goal now, after being locked in these caves for so long, to infect all of us and spread to the world above. Again, the cave shifted and moved. I found myself somehow alive, clinging to sanity as I looked up at my former friends. All of them are now slaves to this mad virus. Just kill me and get it over with. You don't need me alive, I told them, spitting on their shoes. These other humans will be our first wave into the world. We can treat them with the same respect they gave us over the millennia, Akeley told me as he checked my body for injuries. But you will have a different fate. Your job will be to tell the truth of what you saw here. There will be a war, and we will watch as you humans tear each other limb from limb, he said, his black eyes dilated. I looked toward the others, my mind racing for a solution. None of them could be allowed to escape this place. I saw a small grenade on the belt of one of the soldiers. It wasn't much, but it might give me a head start. I reached and was able to barely grab it, uncorking the grenade I tossed it toward his face, expecting the cave to react. The walls around me shook, and I was freed from the walled prison I was stuck in. The diseased Akeley burst apart and pushed millions of worms into the air. All of them crawled towards us as we ran away. We barely made it back to the next tunnel in time as the whole ceiling began to fall and I felt my body go numb. This was exactly how Marjorie died. Was history repeating itself? My life felt chaotic and frozen all in a single moment as the rocks began to surround me. Then I felt a sharp tug. Arthur was still there, risking everything to save me. Come on, we can make it before this entire place collapses, he said. I didn't know why he thought I was worth saving, but I listened and ran. We moved toward the opening where Marjorie's drill had burst through and toward the south elevator. It was miles from the surface, but the only chance we had left. I stood up and looked toward my right into the endless darkness. I heard shrieks coming after us. The worms were still alive from the blast. We scrambled up the nearby rocks towards the elevator. We hid behind the elevator's control panel. Then they appeared. There were three of them, strange black creatures covered in a scaly material. They moved with six powerful legs and spread out toward the exterior of the mine, gnashing at the earth and burrowing new tunnels as they tried desperately to find us. I watched in stunned silence. I recognized that the creatures were blind with only a massive mouth and snout to guide them in this maze. Arthur activated the lift. We were the only two humans still alive. A chance to see the surface again was now in our hands. After seeing such monsters, stepping into the cold elevator almost seemed like a comfort. I looked down at the pit below. The cave collapsed, revealing more of this strange forgotten world. There was a massive dark tapestry of webs and creatures crawling about below an entire civilization of ungodly monsters. I stared across the chasm in that cold light. I could see at least 20 small cocoons wrapped about at different angles. It was their nest. The size and shape of the mummified objects told me that these might be people. As I kept watching, I heard a loud roar from the bottom. Something far bigger and more ancient was stirring. As we gained our distance, all we could hear was its guttural shrieks. Three hours later, we reached the surface. I immediately gave the order to bomb the entrance to the mine. There is nothing left in these caves that can be of use to us. The dangers of that subterranean civilization are too great. I offered Arthur a drink. To fallen friends, I said, raising my glass, trying to not get teary-eyed. I still couldn't come to terms with my own loss. The cave had taken everything. I felt some comfort in knowing that no one would ever dig here again. I'll file a report, make sure that this location is quarantined, permanently if possible, 
Arthur told me. Both of us watched as helicopters flew in and obeyed the order, blasting the caves closed, sealing the nightmares away. It's been a long time since then, and I have tried to make those caves a distant memory, but it's almost impossible when I know other strange things could be lurking below. Arthur has asked if I might try to discover more about the world beneath our feet, or tell others of what we saw. I've kept this all secret for so long, hoping to avoid that, but I think it's inevitable now, because Arthur has received another rescue mission to a different cave with a similar background to the one I was trapped in and we both know it might lead to another subterranean temple. I know this information needs to be spread as quickly as possible before anything else crawls up from the darkness. We must all be prepared for the war that is coming. Hell is coming to Earth, and it's likely we are going to lose. (laughs) 